Welcome to our International Women's Day episode. According to the World Health Organization, I read that the theme this year was digital innovation and technology for gender equality. So based on this idea of recognizing women who champion the advancement of transformative digital technology, I got in touch with our next guest. And it's really crazy how this all came together. But I'm glad that she's here because she epitomizes such a woman. She is bridging the digital divide both culturally and through gender. Through her work, her name is Selena Lee. She's the CEO and co-founder of Zindi Africa. Zindi is a leading professional network of data scientists in Africa. The mission is to make data science and AI accessible to everyone and to put Africa on the map of the global talent pool. Selena has a passion for unleashing the power of data for social good. Her work has expansively bridged across private and public sectors and across various development areas, including financial inclusion, micro and small enterprise development, market system development, gender, climate change, and public health. Selena has lived and worked in countries throughout Asia, Latin America, and now she's based in South Africa. Welcome to Hype Woman, the podcast. Today we have with us Selena Lee. She's the CEO of Zindi. So Zindi is a, it's kind of like a LinkedIn for data scientists. And I came across, yeah, the work that you do from one of your, you say one of your colleagues, Amy, Amy, who I grew up with in South Africa. And I was really curious about just women in data science. And I know that this Women's Day, the theme is bridging the divide for women in science and, and digitalization. And I'm just curious, like, because more and more women today are in these spaces. And yet, if you look 20 years ago, it's not that women weren't there. It's just that there was no visibility. And I think it's changing. And it's just nice to hear stories of how women ended up in these spaces so that the more women hear about it, I think it becomes more accessible. And I, I chatted to you earlier and you mentioned, you know, with, with the work that you do with Zindi is that it's kind of like this pool of data scientists in, in Africa. So yeah, just making it accessible to, to other parts of the world and, and I guess Africa as well. So welcome to Hyper Women, the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And how did you get into the space? I mean, you're clearly American, American Asian, and now you're living in Cape Town, South Africa. So that's my dream right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm very lucky because I came from San Francisco. That's where I was born and raised. And now living in Cape Town, I <laughs> two of the most beautiful cities in the world. But yeah, I... I so just maybe taking a step back, I mean, Zindi, you're right. Zindi is a community of data scientists. It's the biggest community of data scientists in Africa. We have close to 60,000. I'd even call them just data professionals. So data, data scientists, aspiring data scientists, data analysts, people who are working with data that are registered on the platform. We created Zindi 
because we recognized that there was so much young talent that was coming up in Africa and just looking for that pathway into a career like data science. And on the other hand, of course, there's so much demand. It's the demand for data science skills, talent, solutions is just skyrocketing in Africa and globally. So we wanted to create this space where we could make data science and all of the adjacent fields, AI, machine learning, data engineering, analysis, accessible to everyone. So for companies, no matter where they are, what they do, how big they are, small they are, as well as for young people, no matter gender, race, geography, for people to find their way into creating more value out of the data that exists in the world today. How did I get into it? It's been a very, very kind of convoluted path <laughs> in yeah. a way. I I started off in, well, I actually went to an engineering school for undergrad and studied applied math and computer science, but this was in the days way before anyone was talking about data science or mm-hmm. even big data was this very foreign concept. I went into corporate America in New York for a little bit, but I realized very quickly that it wasn't for me, that I really wanted to do something that was much more professionally and personally satisfying, something that I could feel like at the end of the day, I was very proud of and that Mm -hmm. I was happy with the impact that my work was having. And so I went into international development. It was kind of, That must have been a scary jump or how did that transition? (laughs) It was a very scary jump. I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's very scary to leave something that is, that's stable and, you know, and, and predictable income. Um, You know, I was in a good corporate job and I could have stayed there for another 20 years and, (laughs) you know, and done just fine. But I think in the, at the end of the day, like there were a number of things that were reminding me that I had to, you know, for my own self and my own even integrity, like I needed to be doing something that I could be proud of, you know, something that I could, I could, yeah, that, that I, that I believed in, in a very profound way. Like it had to be something that wasn't just, you know, a paycheck, but something that, that day to day, like would, would also feed, you know, the, my whole person, not just my, (laughs) my paycheck. So I, yeah, so it was a scary jump, but I, I had to just have that faith that, things would work out. And yeah, so it was, I mean, it was a hard, it was, it was a a very stark change in my career. I think, I think the exciting thing is, is that in a way I found a way to find the intersect again between what I was enjoying doing, which was international development work where I was working with, you know, on the ground initiatives, you know, to build up, say, for example, women artisans and helping them develop their businesses and find wow. markets outside of outside of their own countries. You know, I've worked in public health, even International Planned Parenthood Federation, which, yeah. you know, at the time was a bit controversial to work yeah. for. But, you know, even but finding that that intersect of where data actually could play a really powerful role in this type of work, like yeah. where where people were starting to I mean, in the course of my career, I re- more and more people started to take notice of the more advanced uses of data and the, you know, the data analytics and the tools and the approaches that were coming out of, say, a place like Silicon Valley, you know, very much at the, you know, the tip of the spear in terms of like tech innovation and and uses of data. But people were starting to take notice of how can you translate those types 
types of innovations into a space like international development to make sure that you're making the right decisions, that you're extracting the full value and insights out of the data that you have or mm -hmm. alternative data sets in order to ensure that you're, yeah, that you're having the outcomes and driving the outcomes and the positive impacts that you're looking to drive, you know, in, in all sectors and for all people. And so that's, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where, that's where my, my world started to come back together again. And I was very excited about playing a, a part in that in that space. Okay, I'm gonna ask you something because data science is yeah, just just the term, the the profession is relatively new. And we were just talking about this. How would you explain this? Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. What does a data <laughs> scientist do? Yeah, I think it's a it's a term that is used very broadly and yeah. it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so i think that's one thing and i and i'll say that i don't even you know the way that i define it may be different from others but i suppose the way that i look at it is it is the it's the field of of extracting greater insights yeah. and value out of out of an organization's or any, you know, any data set, it's, it a lot of times has to do with incorporating machine learning yes. and artificial intelligence into, you know, so it's beyond just, or it can actually, I mean, data science can even include just making sense of your data, even yeah. manipulating your data in different ways. But it also a lot of times has to do with machine learning and AI, which then leads to more what people would call like prescriptive analytics or analytics that can help you even predict what's going to happen and start to automate some of the processes that you have. So it's, but it's, but I would say it, it can be used very quite broadly. And that's why even at Zindi, we're thinking a lot about changing the reference to data science to more data professionals or, Absolutely. you know, people who, who anyone who is working, you know, in the data field. So it's not intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's the other thing is because data science is still a relatively new field and it yeah. is very much a new field in Africa. People can feel quite intimidated or even have that so-called imposter syndrome. And especially for women, yeah. it's very easy to fall into that, that mindset. And I think that you know, by taking labels away as well, like very strict labels away, it's it's easier for people to get their heads around that, okay, well, I am good at statistics or, okay, I am good at coding or I do know how to manipulate data or I do know how to model data. And, you know, I think that that's, that's the important thing is what are you able to do? <laughs> One barrier to entry overcome. Yeah. So, I mean, the world that you come from, Silicon Valley, and then now you're in Cape Town, so sort of like, the heart of Africa. What can you what can you tell about this, you know, these two worlds and how do you yeah, how did you find yourself move did you move to Cape Town for the job or how did this how did this work? Yeah, I because I was working in international development with a focus on data applications yes. in in that space, I was hired for a job here in Cape Town. So I moved for another job. It was a an organization that was advancing the use of data science for financial inclusion. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I came here, I met my co-founders, Megan yes. Yates and Echo Duker, who were running a data science consulting company at the time. And I had hired them to do some work for my organization. And, but we that's how we started to meet and started to yeah. talk and realize that, you know, there's, you know, this need for this space for, for young data scientists in Africa to make, mm -hmm. you know, to build up their careers and, and also for companies to, you know, yeah. companies were very desperate for 
data scientists, but a lot of times the companies that I was talking to and the companies that they were talking to in Africa, a lot of times there was the assumption that you had to look outside of Africa for for the help that you needed. Yeah, and yeah. that was also a myth that we wanted to dispel. Yeah. Um, and yeah. You know, I mean, this is really interesting because I also want to talk about, you know, bridging this divide between first world, how do you say, perceived outlook of how things should be versus the African way of doing things. But I mean, you know, are, could you comment on like, you know, how is it easy for for African people or backgrounds to enter into spaces of like Europe or, or the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely happening. It's definitely yeah. happening. But for Zindi, in the first instance, I think that there is already enough demand, like mm -hmm. in the African market, and the demand is growing for yeah. data science skills. So I think, you know, the first gap that we want to close is yeah. helping young people who maybe wouldn't have you know, who come from maybe even non-traditional backgrounds. A lot of people on Zindi don't even have degrees and definitely yeah. don't have degrees in data science, let's say. Yes. People are coming from all different backgrounds and, you know, creating those pathways for them to even make it into, you know, a great job as a data scientist at a company like Vodacom or ABSA or, yeah. you know, those companies are in desperate need of That's talent. Cool. So, so there's first the bridging that gap, but then, yeah, I mean, our vision for Zindi is actually, you know, is to definitely create even more opportunities for African data scientists. And actually, I would say emerging market data scientists, because that's where we would look to expand next is in other emerging markets where they have similar opportunities and challenges where they've largely been overlooked or Absolutely. just kind of not had that space to to showcase their yeah. their amazing talents but you know helping helping find ways for for those talents to make it into yeah career opportunities whether it's in their own markets or in the United States or Europe i mean it's definitely already happening yeah. and let's talk about women in in this space i mean you probably work with a lot of women what are the characteristics or how do you how do you how do you hope that women overcome the barriers to entry so that they flourish in this space? And that's not so I'm, dominated. Yeah, but I am. I mean, you're yeah. in this space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's definitely challenging. It comes with its challenges. I, But I'm really excited about data science let's say democratizing data science and the ability for data science to even be a democratizing force in the world of tech, because I've actually found that, so we are 28% women on Zindi, which That's is fantastic yeah. by global standards. I mean, we won't be happy until it's 50%, but 28% is fairly good. And, and what I'm excited about is that, and I what I see in data science is that because it's a new field and because people are coming from many different backgrounds, from from statistics and math to you know computer science to engineering to even like astronomy and chemistry yeah. and business economics, mm -hmm. like people come from all different backgrounds. I actually think there's a great great equalizer in that, and I see this trend that yes, okay, not necessarily supported by data, but anecdotally, what I do see is that a lot of the women on our platform on Zindi actually come from more, you know, the math stats, more research 
yeah. kind of background. So they're very strong technically in that kind wow. of, in the quantitative side. Yeah. And a lot of the men, on the other hand, come from more of a coding or computer science side, which has yeah. been very male dominated. So that's why I actually see where data science, because it has, it actually requires quite a bit of math and statistics. Yes. There's actually a space where women have have already like advanced quite a bit. A lot of them, a lot of the women are coming from even say more academic backgrounds or research backgrounds. And I mean, that's of tremendous value in the data science space because it's also about making sense of your data. So if you come from a research background where you're interpreting data within a larger context, those are really important skills. Yeah. In this, in this sector. So, so anyway, so I see, I'm really excited about women making a go in this in this area and we're already at zindi like we because one of my co-founders is also a woman oh wow <laughs> we've we both she and i have both like been through it i mean we've seen tell me your, you know, tell we, me five tell me two or three challenges <laughs> that you've had to overcome and i mean especially i mean not not to say i love my country but i know that south africa can also be very patriarchal as well mm. and she she's a data scientist. I yeah. mean, way more than I am. I wouldn't consider myself a data scientist, but I've been through a bit of the tech world and then now definitely the startup world. But, you know, those are very male dominated spaces. Yeah. And I think she and I both have been in situations that have been uncomfortable to untenable. Be the details. You know, being, being like the only woman in the room I think well I mean for myself like going into corporate America when I first graduated from college like I was the one woman in a team of like 12 people and it was a tech team I mean very early on from the moment I stepped into the office I knew it wasn't a place for me this is granted this was quite a while ago so I am very optimistic and hopeful that I think things have changed since then but it was it was not a great environment for women. You know, the stuff that people were saying and talking about even like, you know, the more senior women and the other departments and things like that. It was just a very clearly not, you know, not a great place for women. And I think that there's even, you know, now I think people have have raised their consciousness about mm-hmm, creating mm-hmm. more, you know, I guess more opportunities for women and also like, you know, discrimination is Absolutely. is frowned upon properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I know, mean, now. No, you can <laughs> tell a lot about a work culture just by how the men in the company talk about the other woman behind their backs. You can, yes. tell, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah, so I mean, I I I've thought about it a lot. I mean that that I think that, you know, when well what I'm excited about is that when you when you create space for more people. I mean, there's obviously value in diverse perspectives, diverse ways of working. But, you know, the thing that I'm excited about Zindi about is that when you when you create these pathways for more people to enter the the, the talent pool, to find people their way don't into normally have the opportunity to, to be there. Actually, yeah, you've actually created value for everybody, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Because then you're fishing from a bigger pool and you have the top, you have truly the top talent in a world where there's discrimination or where you're blocking people or where there's a, there's a glass ceiling, you actually are limiting everyone's access to value, right? I mean, you're actually not getting the top talent. Exactly. <laughs> you actually are not getting that. the top talent. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's my goal is, yeah, is to make sure that everyone has their chance. And yeah, and, and then and in that way, we're, we're going to create value for everybody. So thank you so much for the time for this very spontaneous interview. And it's really amazing because I was looking for someone to talk to with regards to exactly this bridge and this divide. And seeing that I'm based in Europe and, and a lot of my network now is largely European. So, you know, and I was like, well, I don't know if we have this equality problem. But yes, thank you so much for 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 yeah, for just being able to chat with me today. And You're welcome. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> and you can find Zindi online. I'll put that all into the comments. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. You too. Bye. Hey everyone, if you're interested in joining our online storytelling workshop, I'm running one on the 27th of April. Check it out on the website. It's for anyone who wants to build their corporate profile, become a corporate influencer. Maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you attend a lot of events and you want to post something, but you don't know what to say. Uh, or you want to build your personal brand and boost your visibility, then you might want to join the session. I promise it will be fun. I love doing these workshops and I love connecting with you. I love to hear your stories and I love to give you some feedback and tell you how to present it in a way that is compelling and engaging. Also, if you want to join our Go Girl group, it's an accountability group of 10 dedicated women. We will meet once a week for three months to discuss books, processes, and how to keep your projects moving. Apart from building your network, you will be motivated and held accountable to stay true to your goals. So maybe you want to start a podcast or um, maybe you want to build an app. Uh, whatever it is that you want to do on the side, but you're finding difficulty committing to that. I know I am sometimes, so this is the idea was to bring a group of women together to keep each other accountable. So yeah, join us if you feel called to. Okay, until next time. Bye. Bye.